The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's time to recap Thursday Night Football. A pretty thrilling and extremely regardless extremely important game between the Packers and the Titans as Tennessee emerges from Lambeau Field victorious 27 to 17 joining me to break it down Ryan Wilson and John Breach what's up boys uh Breach got a quick question for you you said and I agreed with you if the Packers were able to beat Tennessee and then come back and meet the Eagles after the bye we'd feel better about them and we'll get into great detail but I just want a short answer how do you feel about the Packers as we sit here uh, I went from 15% chance of making the playoffs to zero. Okay, there you have it. That's how I feel. All right, so they can end the season. Okay. Yeah, a win tonight by the Packers would have definitely gotten them into R-E-L-A-X territory, maybe. Uh, but I think let's start with the Titans because, I mean, here we are again. <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry's dominating. Ryan Tannehill's playing pretty good football. And Mike Vrabel's just coaching this team to the top of the AFC. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Really had no business being there. They get rid of A.J. Brown this offseason. They lose Harold Landry to injury. And they're 7-3. and three. The next closest team to them in the division are the Colts at 4-5-1. and one. Like They are on cruise control to win this division once again after all of us idiots picked another team, whether it's the Colts or the Jaguars. And, I mean, like I don't know if they can go win a Super Bowl, but, man, I mean, Mike Vrabel might be the most underrated coach in, in the NFL. Yeah, no, that's exactly the question I asked Brady on the Brady Quinn podcast uh, in, in terms of the this matchup. He and he and Lafleur, he likes Lafleur too, and I think Brady actually made some good points. Well, because I, you know, I like to sleep on Lafleur as being just a. Uh, it's because he looks like Breach. That's the problem for us. I think well, he's used to. I don't look like anymore. I've, I've aged. I appreciate your honesty, but they're both great coaches. Eh, good coach, and I think Vrabel is incredibly underrated. And I'm actually not even sure why. Maybe because he he looks like a linebacker still, and you know sometimes you don't take linebackers seriously. I have no idea, but he does a great job 
it feels like play in and play out. And when we want to blame people, breach about the Titans shortcomings, usually we just point the finger at Todd Downing and, and move on from there. But I thought Todd Downing did a good job tonight. Ryan Tannehill played great, except for that one interception, which is probably more a great play by Rasul Douglas than anything else. And if Ryan Tannehill is going to play like this, along with Derrick Henry, who, uh, by the way, uh, he's averaging 131 rushing yards per game from November November onward the last three seasons. Uh so he's right on pace. They only had 87 tonight. But I feel like if those two things come together, even some of the injuries, obviously, as Brinson noted, they're, they're rolling in the division. But they might be sort of like last year's sleeper breach. You know, well, here's the thing about the Titans is it's not like Vrabel. It's hard to say he's underrated because this guy won coach of the year last season. So yeah. people are aware of what he's doing. It's just that everyone sleeps on the Titans all the time. They are like the scrappy little brother who you don't think could ever beat you one-on-one. He goes out, drains nine threes, hits you with a reverse <laughs> layup, and then even though he's 5'9", he still dunks it, and you're like, holy crap, what the hell just happened? This guy just beat me 21-2 to two, uh, in a game to 21. And that's what the Titans are like because you don't – It's when we saw them face the Chiefs two weeks ago, it was this team's going to get smoked. They don't have their starting quarterback. There's no way they can win. Wasn't Burke still on IR too when they placed the Chiefs? Yeah, and you have Malik Willis making a start. You have just on paper that game should have been a, a three touchdown blowout, but the Titans took them to overtime and certainly could have won that game. And so I will say that, and I think I said that after that Chiefs game is that the one thing Vrabel always does: his teams are always prepared. His defense are very disciplined, so you trust them against anyone. And so it just doesn't feel like the Titans are a team that can really get blown out, even though they get blown out in week two by the Bills. Uh, but, man, it, there's no reason they can't get the number one seed again this year. You know what my uh, – do you remember my Titans theory breach as to why they're not popular? Because they're in Nashville? No, it's the opposite of that. They're not typically Nashvilleian in that they're not exciting. Um, I think I said last year during the playoff run, and maybe after the Bengals won – their personality doesn't fit the city. They're they're playing like style. The Bengals last year felt like a Nashville team because of the way they played. Joe Burrow being exciting, uh, high-powered offense. It just feels like the Titans have never really been that. Maybe go back to Steve McNair. I, I forgot about your. I forgot about your like Titans. The like the Derrick Henry and Tannehill don't fit Nashville theory. Yeah, I, I like but, it. I like it. I just I just forgot about it. But I mean, yeah, like the Chiefs in Nashville make a ton of sense. Like high-powered offenses um, in that city makes sense, and I just think Nashville is more. Blue collar. I don't know. Would you describe Nashville as blue collar breach? I mean, it's I'm not sure. I would describe look at, at breach. I don't think. I don't yeah, think. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, there's. Yeah, right. It's not Pittsburgh. It's not Cleveland. It's Nashville. right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. They should be in like Cleveland or like 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 to your point, Ryan. They should swap with the Bengals and it's like Joe Burrow and the high flying like scoring circus in Nashville, like bachelorette party spot. Burrow out of the town all the time, and instead it's you know just very low key. Ryan Tannehill. Derek no, Henry. I feel like if any team matches the Nashville personality, it's the Chargers, where they have all the fireworks, but then crazy stuff always <laughs> happens, like the Bachelorette bus crashing or something with players <laughs> getting injured. Uh, and, and when you and you wake up, when you wake up like after the weekend, you feel just awful, like nothing, nothing went your way. How did this happen? How do we get here? Oh, so, yeah. Um, someday we'll have a, an off-season podcast where we match up teams with their cities. So I mean, like, what is? I mean, somebody called out the Titans earlier. Uh, earlier, either today or this week, I can't remember if it was on the pregame show or what it was, but basically saying like, "Look, this team is going to pile up regular season wins. They're going to be dangerous. They are going to win the division. They're going to get." But then, like, like, do you think the Titans, the way that they are constituted, 
can make a deep run in in the playoffs. And they've been to the AFC Championship game, so I guess the answer is yes. But it does feel just like by virtue of the fact that they are hinging everything on Derrick Henry. Like Derrick Henry has to stay healthy and has to carry the ball 450 times. Even if Ryan Tannehill gets going, like his ceiling is still kind of capped, I, I guess. You know, do you see what I'm saying? Like, do, do you think how confident would you be in the Titans making a run in this AFC? So here's the thing: they're the third seed right now, and so they would have to play on the road in Kansas City, hypothetically, and on the road in Miami. Now, if they play just hypothetically, if they, it comes down to that and they make a deep run, like on the road in Miami is interesting. I I would imagine the Dolphins are probably minus two. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. Wait, so, what? If, what? What? The, it'd be at home because they'd win the AFC South. Yeah, the Dolphins currently are the. What well, no, are the Dolphins are the two seed right now? Yeah, the Miami's number two. So, so Miami, just, Miami, right, right now, Miami would play New England, Buffalo. Oh God, Tennessee, I, would Buffalo at home. I'm just doing the math of the teams ahead of them and what that would look like. I didn't want to overcomplicate. Oh, I see, you're I, saying, I just, I'm just trying to simplify it. Well, I guess like just like Buffalo at home. At Miami, at KC, like, hey, hey, that's a tough. So, yeah, conceivably, sure. And it all comes down to Derrick Henry. And the issue last year, as Breachwell knows, is that Derrick Henry didn't play for the previous, I don't know, month or whatever it was with a foot injury. He came back in since, against the Cincinnati in the Cincinnati game at home in, in Nashville and looked nothing like himself. And then Ryan Tannehill threw a bunch of terrible interceptions. Um, if Ryan Tannehill plays like he did tonight and Derrick Henry plays like he usually does uh, in post-November football, yeah, I mean, why not? They can just drag teams up and down the field and, you know, do the the thing that we saw. What was that? The Yeah, the, the Monday night game where Washington had 81 snaps and the Eagles had 40 snaps. I mean, you could do that. It's just I don't know if that's sustainable over two or three or four games if you make it to the big dance there. And the other thing we may need to look at, too, is like, I mean, let's look at their defense because, you know, their three losses are to the Giants in week one, which is a crazy, you know, the Giants and their magic – you know, bag of magic beans, beat of 21 20. Um, when, when Brian Dable goes for two at the end, the blowout loss to the Bills, 41 7. Man, 0 2 for the Titans feels like a long time ago. Uh, then, of course, the Chiefs, uh, two weeks ago. But here are their points allowed. I'm going to leave the Bills scored 41 on them. They dropped a, 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 a like a nuke bomb in week two on them. But I'm going to leave that one out and list the rest of them 21 points to the Giants, 22 to the Raiders, and a lot of that was garbage time, 17 to the Colts, 17 to the Commanders, 10 to the Colts, 10 to the Texans. 20 to the Chiefs in a losing effort, 10 to the Broncos, and then 17 tonight to the Packers. Like, this is a team that kind of – they're very good on defense. They're very disciplined, as you as you noted, Ryan, and they, they drag you into these rock fights. And if you want to go against Tennessee, like, I think it was Tony Dungy who said it um, in the Chiefs in, – in, ahead of the Chiefs game. It's like, watch the line of scrimmage because these guys can win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah, no, I think, I think Breach touched on it, uh, just talking about – the way they play. And I think it comes down to Mike Vrabel. And I think Mike Vrabel becomes more important as they get through the schedule and, and breach not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you know, the Steelers and the, and the Bengals haven't played this, this weekend. And I imagine the Bengals going to roll, but next week, um, the Bengals have to go back to Nashville. Um, I'm guessing you don't feel great about that game as we sit here as a Bengals fan. I mean, if I had to make a pick on that right now, a lot of it depends on whether Jamar chase plays. Uh, but I mean, that's trouble. <laughs> the, the Titans are trouble. That's what it comes down to. Let me double and, down on that question. What if you switch head coaches on that team? On well, those two teams? The, uh, the, is, Bengals, the Bengals are like a like 10, 10 point favorite. The thing is, though, if the Titans struggle anything right now, it's in their secondary. They struggle a bit with the pass, and Aaron Rodgers was taking 
uh, a little bit of advantage of that, but he had an off night and really, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, you know, if you're going to be able to beat them one way, you can throw the ball on them right now. So I think it, it'll be an interesting game. Like that's a game that I think will be fun to watch. Can, can the, could, can the Bengals protect Burrow and get the ball out quickly for Burrow? Because I mean, the, the Titans, you know, even with Harold Landry missing, like, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is a problem in the interior, man. That guy is devastating. Um, just sort of looking at, you know, looking at the rest of the schedule of the Titans. Again, not to get too far ahead, but like, it's interesting. Bengals at home and then at Eagles the next two weeks. Uh, that should you know, probably tell us a lot about them. They close out with a fairly friendly schedule. Jaguars twice. Texans, actually very friendly schedule. At the Chargers, and then the, this is not in order, but and then uh, the Cowboys at home. So you would think that if they split with the Bengals and the Eagles, probably go worst case three and two. So four and three, worst case the rest of the way in, which, you know, it's like worst case 11 and six. That's going to win the division. Probably not going to get you the one seed, obviously, but, you know, you're going to have a home game. Well, the thing is, though, these next two games with the Bengals and Eagles, those are games the Titans can absolutely win. Yeah. I mean, we all we saw what happened to the Eagles on the Monday night game was you had a team that just ran the ball and kept running the ball and played really good defense. And the Titans are like the commanders on steroids because they yeah. run the ball better and they play defense better. So, you know, that's <laughs> scared me. That is <laughs> Philly. I, hey, man, I'm talking about my own team. Now, the Bengals could lose to the Titans. The Eagles could certainly lose to the Titans because they play the kind of football that the Eagles could struggle with. Uh, but, Billy, you know what? There aren't many teams in the NFC uh, that can do that. And the Commanders probably won't make the playoffs. So don't worry about them. So, something I, I want to note in terms of the Titans, um, someone in the comments mentioned, what do we mean when we say trust teams? I mean, I don't think that's a complicated concept. It's just the I, Titans. I, I, sorry, sorry. Just that the Titans are a good team. They're playing some of their best football right now, but there are teams ahead of them like the Miami Dolphins and the Chiefs and the, the Bills with a healthy Josh Allen who would be formidable opponents. That doesn't mean the Titans can't win those games, but, uh, you know, if you do the old simulation conversation, they play 100 times. I don't think the Titans are, you know, they're winning 44 as opposed to 53 or whatever it happens to be. Well, part of trusting teams real quick, Brenton, is is yeah. the Bengals-Titans playoff game from last season is a good example where a lot of people were thinking, gosh, if the Titans lose this game, it's going to be because of Ryan Tannehill. And then Ryan Tannehill goes down and throws three interceptions. Mm. And, and that mm. plays in the part of not trusting a team. I might suggest, I mean, I might suggest, and I could be wrong, obviously. I've been wrong many times. Uh, that the Titans are like, kind of like up there in terms of trustworthy teams because you mentioned that game, like that, like Ryan Tannehill completely poops his pants. Um in uh in in Nashville against the Bengals, and they still only lost by like 19 to 16. I think just the way the Titans kind of play that they can they can like the, the Bills game is really an outlier. Buffalo the Bills off. game was 17 to 7 late in the third quarter, and then the wheels fell off the wagon. So and it Buffalo was had what the longest what was it like 11 or 12 days after the they, they played on the opening Thursday, and then that it's game was on Monday. Something and the, right, the, the, they had four more rest days or three more rest days in week two, which is just ridiculous. Right, which just makes a huge difference. So, I, I think Tennessee. When I say it, it, this is a tough, I think I think they're pretty trustworthy in terms of you know what you're going to get, and if you know if they get down and Tannehill has to throw a ton, and you know he's not he's off. I mean, obviously that's going to be a problem, but you know he. He he's an underrated quarterback too. Like I think you know, I know you guys don't think Mike Vrabel likes him. I think Vrabel, I think Vrabel loves him because he'll go to war with him. Oh um, no, I think he likes him. Um, and it's and Traylon Burks, pretty good game. Although man, the Packers defense might not be very good. Yeah, well, I'd say this. Oh, well, ahead, real quick, Wilson. Just I think what Wilson and I have always said about Tannehill. We don't think Vrabel 
doesn't like him. We think Vrabel would upgrade in a second if he uh, had so, a chance, which is a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, like Josh McDaniels would up, like doesn't hate Derek Carr, but he would upgrade in a second if he could. You know, if he I could. think that um, I think Vrabel might be interested in Derek Carr over Tannehill. I'm <laughs> I'm speculating, but I I, I don't. I mean, I don't want to suggest that Derek Carr is not as tough as Ryan Tannehill because I think he's very tough. I think Ryan Tannehill is more of a Mike. Mike Vrabel doesn't want Derek Carr moving next to him. I'll tell you that much. What? Exactly. That would be that's Mike Vrabel's reaction when Derek Carr buys the house next to Mike Vrabel. He's like, what, what, what are you doing here, buddy? It's like, I just wanted to, you know, hang out, coach. So Brinson, you mentioned Traylon Burks, and, and this just is a another sort of conversation that you should have about where you take these wide receivers. Uh, because he was a first round pick. They traded AJ Brown. And, you know, in retrospect, and it doesn't matter which which direction you're looking at it, the A.J. Brown trade, it's not doesn't reflect well on the Titans. A.J. Brown won it out, clearly, and he's having a great season. But Traylon Burks, as you noted, balled out tonight, finally. Eight catches, excuse me, seven catches, 111 yards, including, which I thought, I mean, I thought this play was sort of a microcosm of this game in that one team seemed more prepared than the other. And it was just before the two minute warning. Um, and instead of running the ball and trying to run the clock out, Tannehill throws a bomb to run to, to um, Traylon Burks against Jair Alexander, who probably thought they were just going to run the ball and get to the two minute warning down to the five yard line. And then the game ends that way. And that just feels like little differences that show up over the course of a game and over the course of the season, but coming into this game, you mentioned he had been on IR Traylon Burks um, earlier in the season and he had never caught more than four passes in the game and never had had more than 55 receiving yards. Still doesn't have a touchdown, uh, a receiving touchdown. But I, I mentioned him in terms of the draft because he went in the first round. You know who went in the second round? Christian Watson. And Christian Watson had two touchdowns tonight. He had three or four on Sunday uh, after having zero before that, after struggling with drops. And I think just, you know, you got to be patient with these guys on some level. But in Traylon Burks' case, he was supposed to step in right away for A.J. Brown. A ton of pressure, was banged up in training camp, was banged up at the beginning of the season. So it's good to see him play well. That's another guy who's going to have to step up because Robert Woods hasn't been uh, as advertised since well, he arrived. Just, uh, I'm curious. Like, I, I don't, and I don't know the answer to this. I'm just sort of throwing it out. But um, so the, uh, the Titans took Traylon Burks with 18th overall in the first round uh, with a pick that they acquired in the A.J. Brown deal. And then they also had the 26th pick overall and traded with the Jets, who came up to get Jermaine Johnson. The Titans moved back to 35th. And right before they were about to pick, the Packers traded up in front of them and got Christian Watson. Do you think there's a chance that the Titans might have grabbed Watson there, too? I don't think so. Uh, just because I, I don't know. Yeah. Just because they have so many needs. I mean... Maybe though, because they did get rid of AJ Brown, but and in hindsight, you're absolutely taking Christian Watson there if you knew he's gonna play like this, no matter what. They ended up getting Roger McCreary, who played tonight, who who's a good player. They needed help in the secondary, so he certainly helps there. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean there there are worse decisions to be made, and I would point that right back at the Packers. So, you know, it's we're getting you know, I'm in draft season all the time, but we're getting towards the legit conversations about terrible teams and their drafts and this is a talking point last year, and it'll be a talking point this year. The last time the Packers drafted a wide receiver in the first round was 2002, Javon Walker. Uh, but I was doing something today on HQ, and I looked. The last 12 first-round picks that the Packers have had, how many do you think have been on offense? One. One, and you know who it is. Yes. 
and they traded up for that guy in the deepest wide receiver class uh, <laughs> in human history. He's the only out of twelve. He's the only one. The the previous eleven out of twelve have been defensive players. Not bad defensive players. Some some sure. didn't, didn't pan out, but I mean, I mean the defense isn't very good right now. Sweet Moses, what are we doing? Yeah. And, and well, look, I mean, the point real quick about the receivers, it's not just Traylon Burks because you look at, uh, you know, Tannehill hasn't had a lot of time to build chemistry. And we keep talking about people have talked all season about Aaron Rodgers and him trying to build his chemistry with his new group of receivers or trying to get things going with Christian Watson, uh, which is appears to be finally happening after 10 or 11 weeks. And then you look at Robert Woods. The guy had a torn ACL last season. Uh, he was slow in practice, you know, wasn't getting acclimated right away. And now he's in his first season in a new offense, and he has looked better every week. He's not A.J. Brown, uh, but well, he, has, he has looked better every week. And, he, you know, he had six catches for 69 yards tonight. And, there, and real quick on Traylon Burks is that I think this was only the third or fourth game he has played with Tannehill because he's only played in five games all season, and two of them were – the Malik Willis games. So, you know, you're talking about a guy who hasn't been on the field a lot with Tannehill. And so, as you know, if he's making, having a 100 yard games, this is Mike Vrabel. I'm guarantee you loved what happened tonight because he knows what the Titans offense is capable of now with Robert Woods and Traylon Burks, both getting more comfortable. Well, and the other thing about Robert Woods is in like, this is widely understood is he is one of like the five best run blocking wide receivers in the league, which is part of why they traded for him because they wanted wide receivers who could help them block on the outside because they are a run first team. And that's what Robert Woods helps them do. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is one of the things where before the season you're looking at it, you're like all right Traylon Burks and Robert Woods I mean this just isn't going to work like you had AJ Brown and Julio Jones and it didn't work why would you think it's going to work now but the, the way Henry's running the way the defense is playing despite the fact that they're missing you know key players um, and, and the way that you know Tannehill sort of elevates the offense this this is a very dangerous team let me ask you this do you think that they are we are we worried at all about Derrick Henry's workload because it was about this time last year when he had all those carries and it, it just sort of caught up with him. He is now after he was leading the league coming in with 202 carries into this game and he carried the ball 28 times. So he's had 230 carries through 10 games. Pretty easy math there. You do that over the course of the season assuming they play all 17, that's 391 rushing attempts. I mean, that is a whole lot of rushing attempts. And I just wonder with a foot injury from last year, if they might be a little more conservative coming down the stretch, if they feel like they've got the division sewn up. Breach, in 2020, Derrick Henry had 378 attempts, uh, career high. The next year, he played eight games, which was last season, and obviously had the foot injury. So I'll let you answer the question if you're concerned or not. Uh, did you hear the broadcast? I mean, Kirk Herbstreit said they were talking to uh, Derrick Henry's trainer and that Derrick Henry's getting better with age and he getting he crazy. Well, I mean, he could have not told the story. <laughs> not Fair. said anything. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, I remember I did Bill Barnwell's pod last year and we were, it was, I think it was after like the eighth, eighth, game, eighth Titan game of the season. And we were like, okay, you know what? Maybe the rule, the rule of 370 just doesn't apply to Derrick Henry. Maybe he's just a freak of nature who could just take as many carries as he wants and just not get injured. And then he immediately got hurt. I mean, not, I'm not saying we jinxed him. It's just like, I mean, that's like Derrick Henry, if you add in tonight, over the past four years, has 1,130 carries. That is a, a ton of carries, man. And I, I get that he's getting stronger and he's led the league in rushing two out of the last 
four years. He, you know, he uh, leads the league and carries you know, three out of the last four years. But I mean, if I'm the Titans, I'm like, I'm trolling the waiver wire and trying to find like somebody who could give us some depth. So when Here, I have a thought, keep Dante Freeman, Dante Foreman, excuse me. Yeah, okay. Dante Foreman was great. Um, do you guys know who's currently second? Dontre Hilliard. Uh, on the team in rushing attempts. Oh, um, Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. And then Dontrell Hilliard. Okay. Willis is probably fourth. And then Malik Willis is fourth. And Hassan Haskins, who kick uh, returns kicks, primarily the rookie, is after that. But the point, and then Traylon Burks is after that. So that, that tells you uh, how little depth there is. But I think at this point, I think you're right. You troll the waiver wire. But at this point, it's like when your, your check engine light comes on and you're in the middle of the desert. You ain't going to stop. You just got to keep going and hope, and hope you make it to the gas station. It's, it's a, it feels a, I mean, not. It, it, he's not hurt or anything. It's just. Right. Um, I mean, it could be just a faulty light switch or whatever. I, I don't I don't know cars, but that, I, I, I ain't stopping. Perfect, that might be the perfect analogy for Josh Allen. Well, hurry and put it on Twitter because it's going to go away. Why don't I want to get my money's worth on that one? What? All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll find out if Twitter's still around and discuss. We'll do, we'll do a little uh, RIP for the 2022 Green Bay Packers. Mm. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So the good news for the Packers. Oh, sorry, Breach, what's up? I got a Titans fun fact before we get to the Packers. Perfect. Oh, boy. Ryan Tannehill averaged 12.3 yards per pass attempt against Green Bay on Thursday night. That is the second highest total by a visiting QB in the history of Lambeau Field. Wow. Who's a. Uh, you guys each get one guess. Okay. Who had, Can you give us a. Is it like Favre era or Rogers era? Uh, 1998. Ooh, 98. Dante Culpepper. By a visiting QB. Dante Culpepper's a great guess. Easy. That's a that's a home run. It has to be Dante. That it's team went. Culpepper, like, I don't want to keep guessing. So let's say 15 and 1 that team went. It is not Culpepper, so you can take your guess, Brinson. Um, 1998. I'm going to call for a recount breach. Is it. Um. Oh, uh, I don't, Drew Bledsoe? Uh, this is from our CBS Sports Bledsoe staff. Bledsoe was drafted in Doug Lawson. And Wilson, you are going to hate yourself because you practically nailed the answer. Is Call it Randall? Call Pepper's rookie year was 99, and this happened in 98. Randall. And it was the Vikings, QB, and it was Randall. Randall Cunningham. Uh, Dang it to heck. Wait, here we go. Say. Wait, All right. Just, wait, wait. So, uh, was Drew Bledsoe? Are you right about that? Yeah, he wasn't drafted until 2001. Second round. He was drafted in 93. 
Oh, I'm thinking Drew Brees. My bad. Oh, I was like, I was like, am I insane? I was, I was like, I know he wasn't drafted nine three. Where Drew Bledsoe was older than you. Nine. Want to hear a weird, a quick story about Drew Bledsoe? When I lived in Boston, me and my buddy were flying back from out west to visit our friend. This is 1998. We're in Logan Airport, down getting our bags, and I dookie you not. Drew Bledsoe was standing at the baggage carousel, picking up a trash bag with duct tape for his luggage. Yes, love it. True story. It's it's like it's insane. That's sort of like the like uh, Breach's dad story about you know getting hitchhiking with like with a waitress in the AFC Championship game. It's like you would that would not, that stuff would never happen now. Like you'd be like Bledsoe's got a car, you know, and all that stuff. Well, um, what had to happen to that man for him to have to have luggage that's a, a trash bag? Sure, desperation is a stinky cologne. Amen to that. You're talking about like Drew Bledsoe and not Ryan Leaf, right? Yeah, hundred percent Drew Bledsoe. Right um. Uh, according to Carmen Vitale, uh, who is a, a reporter who covers the Packers, somebody asked Aaron Rodgers, where do you go from here, Aaron? Aaron's response, Breach? Home. Find the lie, I guess. I'm going home, guys. Bye. He's dressed up like a burglar. Is he going <laughs> to? That's where I would go if I was four and seven Sneaking. and out of the playoff race. I mean, uh, I, like, I got to tell you, I, I don't want to. Well, I mean, I, we blame it on Rodgers. I mean, he. He he his ball placement was all over the place tonight. He missed a lot of wide open throws. He had a couple of great moments. Christian Watson definitely is like, you know, sort of justifying like that's why we moved up in the second round and grabbed him. He looks like he could be a future number one. He's performing at a higher level than most Packers rookie wide receivers. Um, but clearly, like, you know, this is just a you know, this is just a, a supremely flawed Packers team that couldn't be what they wanted to be. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Christian Watson sort of coming to his own because, you know, it's it's hard to be patient with, with young players because you want your team to, especially when your team's playing like crap. But Brady mentioned this the other day. He said, go look at Jordy Nelson. Go look at um, who are the other, some, some of the other second-round receivers, like Randall Cobb, Greg, uh, Jennings. Greg Jennings. That's the one I was thinking of. All their numbers. Devontae Adams. Devontae all Adams, their, yeah. All their numbers are average numbers um, and maybe even below average in terms of what they produce as rookies. So this isn't uncommon, but it doesn't change the frustration. I was laughing when you mentioned that Aaron Rodgers missing some throws because there's, there's that deep end that he missed Sam, Sammy Watkins by what looked like four yards in the middle of the field. And my initial reaction was to blame Sammy Watkins because the pants he was wearing looked like my Sunday school pants uh, from eighth grade when I was you know 18 years old and couldn't fit into them. So I was like, okay, this guy clearly is not trying, but I don't think that was the issue. I think Aaron was just off, and he usually Aaron glares at guys who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Aaron seemed more upset with himself uh, a lot tonight. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, he hasn't preached. It doesn't feel like we've talked about this before. Like sometimes he'll go into halftime and be like, "I'm done," and just sort of check out mentally. It doesn't feel like that's the case. It feels like he's trying. It just feels like he's having a couple of big bin in in the the last hurrah moments as we you know come down the stretch here. Hey, uh, I got a, I got a, tri- I got not a trivia question, but I guess it's sort of trivia. Um, when is the last time Aaron Rodgers had a 300 yard passing game? Whew. Last season? Yeah, That's I don't think right. he's had one this year, has he? December 12th, 2021. Dang, 11 months. That's Week not great. 14 of 2021 season. Like, I mean, I, I mean, tonight, I think it's too, like, I think Brady talked about this, or we, I'm pretty sure Brady talked about this, or maybe it was Aaron Nagler talked about this on the, on the pod. Um, but you could clearly see Rogers mechanics have just sort of, I, I don't want to, I'm trying to the best way to phrase it. Like, I, I don't think he's like, you know, being lazy. It's just, 
his the lack of he's pressing and it's causing his mechanics to change like the throw uh, to Lazard where Lazard's running wide ass open across the middle and like it's an easy throw that Rodgers makes 99 times out of 100 in his sleep over the course of his career you can just see he's like sort of in his on the back like his his back of his heels he's not stepping into the throw and he sails it a bit and it, it's over Lazard's head and they don't convert and they have to punt and then they have the Sammy Watkins throw where he's wide open and there's a couple of those he was holding the ball tentative um, you know, and, and it's 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 hard to know for sure. Like, is that is that Rogers? Is that his receivers? But he did not play well tonight. He was bad. He missed a ton of throws that he can't miss. The ball placement was all over the place. Through through behind open guys, through high on open guys, and I mean, I'm not saying that's the difference of the game, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, it is right. If he hits a couple of those throws and they convert those long longer third downs or the shorter third downs, they go get they go get scores and. They're not down 10 with five minutes left, desperately trying to go for it on fourth and one with a draw to Aaron Jones at the middle. Hey, Breach, someone in the comment asked earlier before we started talking about the Packers, how long do you watch this before, and this is a conversation you always have, but not you've not had it with Aaron Rodgers. How long before you go look to see what you have in Jordan Love? Because <sighs> once, you, once you bench him, he's going to keep walking. He's going home, just like he said tonight. He's going home and he's not coming back. Right. And you've got, this the is, you've got the thumb though. Like you, you could, you could argue like, Hey, look, you know what he's going to do? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, to- no. You can argue. You can, you can tell that to the public so that he saves face, but he, Aaron Rodgers is not going to save face with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> where he's going to be like, you're trying to bench me for Jordan love. The guy that you drafted uh, in the first round and traded up to get the guy who uh, sent me, made me so angry. And I rate that I went out and won two straight MVPs. And uh, no, that's not happening. I, I, Cannot imagine Rodgers would take that well. Although, you know, if you're once you're eliminated from the playoffs or you get to the back end of the schedule with three or four games left and you have no shot, it's like, why not see what Jordan Love has? You just answered your own question, I think, right? I, I just think when you look at um you look at like the Rams with Stafford and the Packers with Rodgers, you know, it, it's when you're out of the playoff race, and I mean I think both teams are out but the nfc is i mean not officially right i mean i mean there's a path man it's a long long way to the top they have to go six and oh to get to ten and seven we've been talking about like ten is that magic number i don't think see i think as long as they can as long as they can get to ten wins i cannot see a way that rogers is willing to sit on the bench well they're not getting the ten wins well i mean but i'm saying like i mean if they win their next two I, I can't. I can't see him. I can't see him sitting as long as they get to nine wins. Honestly, until so, once you lose that ninth game and you can't even have a winning record, you think that's where Lafleur starts thinking like, uh, maybe we got to bench Aaron. But well, that no, he, he's, their relationship. There is no way. Well, he's thinking that already. The, the The question that you have to ask is, will Aaron be okay with it? I don't but, think so. Two weeks from now. But couldn't it be spun as not a benching of Rodgers, but a showcasing of love you can call it whatever you want to but rogers he ain't no dummy he's gonna be like yeah i know what this is you're trying to eli manning me with geno smith <laughs> i it was the thing with love though like if you could showcase me look good and you could trade him this offseason for a, like a wide receiver you know like a uh chase claypool canarius tony what do you mean i, I, I said you go get rogers some help but when by you can't now how are you gonna do it you showcase him this season. You showcase him at the end of this season. And oh, Rodgers is done. I don't. I don't think Rodgers is coming back. I think he's had enough. This sort of weekly frustration, and not necessarily 
you know, with LaFleur or whatever, but with the fact that the receivers are young and nothing's working, I mean, you get tired of losing, especially when you're so used to winning and, as Breach noted, winning all these MVPs in a post-Jordan Love draft world. I, I feel like, man, he's like, that's going to be it for me. Well, uh, I, I always, I can never remember this, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I should. But, like, if he retires, they just take his cap hit, or did they have to deal with his? Breach dead? is our cap expert. Breach, what do you have? I can never uh, retire. Whatever guaranteed money they paid out is. Front like, but like if he retires, it's not like they cut him. Right. Yeah. So he doesn't have a $99 million dead cap hit if he retires. Like, right? Right. Because, well, they don't have to pay him any of the guarantee. So it, it's not going to be as high as the number would be if they cut him. Right. 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 His guaranteed, I don't know what the number would be. His guaranteed salary for next year is like $1.165 million. And he's a $31.6 million cap hit. If they cut him, they would have a $99.8 million dead cap hit. So they're not going to cut him. I'm going to make a prediction right now. They're going to showcase Jordan Love over the final five or six games. They're going to trade Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is then going to promptly retire. Here it is from Spot Track. They must have uh, tweeted this out in October. Oh, perfect. Okay. So he must. that's when the Packers started to struggle. It was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers might be done. So clearly we've been thinking this for a month and a half now. Long story short. Aaron Rodgers' contract was structured year-to-year for retirement purposes. If he retires after the 2022 season, the Packers will be left with a $40.3 million dead cap hit. That's not insubstantial. (laughs) But it's not $99 million. Right, 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 right. Maybe he'll restructure his contract right before he retires. That seems Drew Brees? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At any rate, I mean, the point point being is like... Uh, Unless he gets benched for Jordan Love, then he's not going to help them at all. No. Then he's going to be like, I'm not even retiring. I'm just not showing up. And you're taking the $99 million cap hit. <laughs> and you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> he like he like breaks into Brian Gutekunst's office and like like files the paperwork to cut himself. <laughs> and after they traded for Jordan Love, traded Jordan Love away. So they have a no quarterback and a $99 million dead cap hit. And he burnt bridges harder than Brett Favre did on the way out of town. All right. Anything else on, uh, on this game? Uh, so next week at Philadelphia and then at Chicago and then at Bye. So let's just quickly say in two weeks, they're four and four and seven now. What do you think? <sighs> I think they get one and one in those two games. Okay. Probably beat the Bears, but I'm not gonna say you don't be great about it. But they'll beat the Bears. Right. Rogers ain't going out. Rogers ain't going out. So if they go one and one, that puts them at five and eight going. And then Rogers is not sitting down. He's playing the rest of the year. I mean, I mean, look, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to get booed by Billy here, but I mean, they, they can go steal one against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. What gives you the fact that they can that... also t- Taylor Heineke? Boo! But I'm talking about the Packers. Like, what gives you any confidence in this Packers team that has no I, show? I don't, I don't have confidence in them beating the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. I'm just saying, like, if they stole one. And then they beat the Bears. Oh, gosh. Okay. And then all of a sudden you got the Rams and the Dolphins and the Vikings and the Lions up. Just... I'm going to predict that we see Jordan Love in week 18, but not before that. That's I feel like they're going to win one of these games, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to play it out, and then they're going to have to straightjacket him to the bench in week 18 so they can put Jordan Love out there against the Lions. It's just so backbreaking to come back like in that crazy game against the Cowboys, steal that one away from Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, and then you're hosting, you know, you could argue that the, the Cowboys stole that game away from themselves. Right, but I'm just saying, like, you, you get that game, and then you're hosting the Titans in prime time on Thursday, where you have a you have, I mean, like a, a really long buy, a, like a mini buy between 
Titans and Eagles, you'd feel con- you'd feel so confident going to Philadelphia, and you have an easy schedule down the stretch. And and now, well, they don't have an easy schedule down the stretch. I mean, the, the Rams aren't good, but they have at Miami, Minnesota. I'm guessing the Vikings will still be good by then. People get yet mad at me for not giving Kirk Cousins his. The Packers are two and zero this season when Rodgers throws twenty five passes or less. Two and six mm-hmm. when he throws more than twenty. And he doesn't he... have a three hundred yard game. Craziness. I wonder if he knows that stuff. I wouldn't tell him. He'll be mad about it. All right. That'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Right, that Benson. Uh, make sure and uh, check out the pick spot in the feed tomorrow. You can watch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. For Breach, for Wilson, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.